0: Hello and welcome to reanimated we've been off the air for uh, a little while but we're back never fear gentle listener we will return just like the undead
1: i don't know if i'm full i might be half undead right now it's possible um
0: yeah it's been it's been a rough summer
1: it's been a rough summer but i'm happy to be here today talking to you it's honestly kind of a relief to hear your voice Stuart tiffin
0: Yes, hi. I'm Stuart, and that's AJ Conrad, and we are reanimated. And it's episode 298ish, and today we're finishing up the long delayed end of season two of Black Summer. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot to there's a lot to get on with this summer because we've we've like we're we're slacking. There's like Walking Dead's coming out. We got Ashton of the North to talk about. Yep. I really want to talk about Blood Red Sky. Yep, and a few other projects. So. There's so much for us to do. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. I, I'm sort of anticipating maybe a little blip in the next couple of weeks, but then I think we'll be back on track for September, hopefully. Um, And then we can, <laughs> you know, do some, do some of these, go back to our pre- previously scheduled <laughs> podcast or our previously scheduled recording schedule anyway as you can tell, I'm a little bit tired. This is true. Um, but I will say that I recommended black summer to a friend of mine and they had seen sort of the the ads and stuff. And he's into, he's into the zombie stuff like you and I are Stuart and, and, he was looking for stuff to watch and I'm like, Oh, have you seen this? And he's like, Oh, I thought it was like Z nation. And I'm like, no, 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 just, just check it out. And I got this text from him in like the middle of the night. Cause he had basically binge watched the seasons, um, and was just totally on board with it. So I will say, I think that we're not the only ones who, who really loved, uh, what they did with this. And, um, if you haven't yet watched these last two the season finale, obviously we're going to go into a ton of spoilers. So uh, you have your warning. And um, I think we only have like one real tidbit. There isn't a ton of news right now as you as
0: is. But I want to I want to talk a little bit about that Black Summer reference you made um, that. Oh, I thought that was Z nation. I honestly feel like that has hurt this show.
1: Agreed. Um, I mean,
0: and it is John Himes is the creator. Was the creator of, of Z nation also. And I don't really understand how he feels like there's a through line between the two shows because they're about as different as night and day. I don't
1: know that they could be any more. Like even the the whole feel of it is very different. And that's actually what my friend said. And again, like us, he watched, I think he he did not get into Z Nation. He he gave it a good try. Actually, I think he got further into it um, than we did and then just couldn't do it any longer and said it was like, he's like, it's almost like it kind of like, it was trying to do one thing, but it just missed the mark in terms of the tone. Um, yeah. So that really turned him off to watching this. Um, but then when I said it, I'm like, no, you should really check it out. It's very different. Um, and even said the same thing that you just did, which is that he doesn't even, he he thinks that they should totally dissociate from, from that show just yeah. for that exact reason.
0: I mean, the marketing material for Black Summer was basically like, this is a prequel to Z Nation. And yeah, maybe, but it's still just... Yeah, that was a disservice. Yeah, agreed. Um, this is not a perfect show, but it does have a perfect 100 rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes for the season. Two. It's not
1: perfect, but I will say and and we I'll repeat what we have said all along is that the storytelling, the editing, the filmmaking is really much better than, than it has any right to be, honestly. Um, and it's it's good. Um, so and, and to me, really one of the most enjoyable things I've watched this summer. Um, in my summer of darkness and work yeah. um yeah. but you know it's uh you know so i just think it's a really enjoyable thing for anybody who's into this genre so still highly recommend it and still recommend it especially i, I actually kind of loved the finale too um although i have you know a few things to chat about here um
0: well, we'll we'll get to the finale in just a little while. But we do have that one piece of news, which is significant. Uh, mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of other stuff out there we could talk about. We're choosing not to. Um, But Day of the Dead. Is a, an upcoming series on sci fi
1: or C-P. coming out.
0: And <laughs> co- yes, as H.A. insists on calling it Sifi, the Day of the Dead series, though. It, I mean, it looks real. There's a trailer. You can watch it on YouTube. I think it's actually, uh, you know, like presentation wise, it does kind of feel and look like a Romero project in a way. Um, But it it also looks like it's been modernized and it's got humor.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this is supposed to be out in October, mid-October. So definitely Mm -hmm. kind of like that sweet spot. It makes sense. That's actually a really good premiere date um, for, you know, for this kind of show, you know, you've got Halloween season and all that kind of thing. Um, They announced this like back in February and it basically, the order is for, I think it's like 10 episodes um, from what I understand. Um, And then these, you know, they have the cast, um, but there's not like a ton of information other. I mean, the trailer looks pretty cool. So obviously we're going to check it out. Um, I'm curious about how they fill 10 episodes, but um, it's, As far as I know, it's kind of within like the first 24 hours of like a zombie apocalypse. Right. So
0: those are always fun. Fun times. It's always
1: fun. But 10 episodes of that seems a little long, but we'll see. Um, It could be amazing. Black Summer
0: Black Summer has basically been uh, the first several hours of well not first but several each season is a fairly short chronological period of time it's it's possible to do this but you've got to i mean you got to have that scalpel
1: so we'll see but i'm excited to see this and the cast looks great so let's uh Let's let's wait and see what happens with this. Um yep. I'm curious if it actually hits the date because there hasn't other than this trailer, there hasn't actually been a ton of stuff about it. So yeah,
0: but the trailer only just came out in July. True, true. Um so. so it's there's yeah, there's plenty of time. There may be another teaser between now and October, but I don't need another trailer to know that I'm going to watch this. Of course so. we're
1: going to watch it. I mean, there's no question. <laughs> so, yeah. like, Who are we getting? Um, but, you know, so, so we'll add that to the pile of things that we need to review. Good thing it's waiting until October so we can catch up a little bit.
0: I mean, yeah, you say that, but we've got like 30 episodes yes. of Walking Dead Prime to get through. I not know, it, I not know. that they're all happening between now and then, but it's going to be a busy time.
1: It is. But you know what? After after Labor Day, I've got I've got a lot more uh, time on my hands. You probably don't, though. So because then it's I'm just fire waiting for a season. fire to start. It's fire season for you then. So
0: it already is. It has been. I mean, you know, it's bad out there.
1: Yeah. So um,
0: but let's let's uh, let's kick into Black Summer. So before before
1: we jump into this, I will say okay. that last night on my way home, as I as I was dragging myself back to my apartment, um. They were apparently filming on a, <laughs> on our street with this like massive like rain machine and like cherry pickers and all this kind of crazy stuff. And Whoa. it's for they're doing a movie of Corduroy, the the, the bear. bear. And so they had everything blocked off and whatever. And all I can say that just even seeing this small sliver of whatever they were doing just took hours and hours and they were still doing this all through the night, pretty much. Um, You know, filmmaking is no joke. So I will say just watching what was apparently just one scene in the movie or whatever it was that they were doing took like, Probably. And it, they had started at 6 a.m. apparently to start even setting all this stuff up um, yesterday. Yeah. So um, just again, hats off to the people um, that do these things. And for Black Summer, just even imagining the logistics of filming in the woods and filming in, in the pretty, winter, pretty yeah. brutal weather. Um, I have to just I this is just a really well done series. So, So just putting that out there. Um,
0: on to that top, To that note, um, I was listening to an interview with Kelsey Flower, who was a who was Lance on this show, mostly in season one, a little bit in season two, uh, and he was talking about how he got cast for season one, which was kind of like he knew a guy who knew a guy, and he'd been you know he's been working on his acting network for ten years, and was very psyched to get on the show, and was was told by the casting director, uh, "Hey, dude, cardio." <laughs> yeah. uh, and because he was like you know basically any scene where you saw me running flat out that was probably the eighth or ninth or tenth take yep. of me doing that that day and uh he was he talked about how how grueling that was as an experience and you can you can definitely I mean I feel like it comes across especially in the season finale the guy who plays Mance that is a uh I don't remember how many minutes that scene is, but it's holy crap. <laughs> the, yeah. dude, the dude's going flat out.
1: And I think you and I actually talked about this in the first season because the guy, the Kelsey Flowers, is if you add up the amount of times he's running in the series, it's like almost every time he's shown at some point, eventually he's yeah. running. Unless so, he's
0: high on like heroin and like laid out flat, he's basically running around. Right. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I think. <laughs> Um, yeah for all of these actors and especially this season even more so, um, it felt like everybody was running a lot all the time to some extent. And aside from that, just the choreography of some of the scenes, especially the one I'm thinking in particular is when they all get into the house when the different groups get into the house with like um, like son and and you know they'
0: oh the big shootout. Yeah,
1: like that one was totally just the choreography even like, shooting it from the different perspectives and then coming into yeah. the house, like how many times did you actually have to do that to get it right? Yeah. Um, it yeah. just boggles the mind. So it
0: absolutely does. Yeah. Uh, but of course if a movie versus TV, they, they had the movie has the luxury of making that doing those shots, you know, uh, extra, extra few times TV. They don't necessarily have that budget. No. Uh, and I've heard um, Ty Frank talking about that with the expanse and how the, how that is different between yeah film and television and um the the expanse is another beautiful beautiful show with a lot of effects that they have to kind of get right in fewer cho- fewer chances than they might have if they were on uh, in hollywood or on a big in a big studio um but should we should we start with the lodge
1: yeah let's do it let's get into
0: So it. uh the last time we, we left our heroes feels like well it was it was a long time ago in the real world um it was just like A few minutes ago in the show, uh, Rose, Anna and the we didn't know his name then, but his name is Boone and he actually gets called Boone once in this episode. They're running toward this hotel or this lodge, this ski lodge. Uh, He's laughing. He's shrieking. He's very loud, happy person is is Boone. And, And this episode starts with them arriving there. And I actually found out where this place is. It's got a website. Well, I
1: mean, look, I think this whole episode, but even from like the beginning is really, you know, there's a lot of Hotel Overlook vibes and that kind of oh, continued God. to be the same with it throughout this entire episode.
0: Yeah, this episode is super psychological.
1: Um, and even how things were filmed was very much, uh, I think, an homage to to that specific horror genre, um, just with the, the way that, the the um the different film work was done especially with um um anna's character and just even the whole setup like there was just this uh, like super psychological freaky little vibe going on um even i mean and you know that's always kind of going on in the show anyway but even more so they had that tension build um you know just just almost every single piece about this episode felt like, like the shining to me or a lot like the shining. Um, There was
0: a lot of that there.
1: um, And I also, one thing I, I will say though, that given that, I mean, Boone seems a little bit off the deep end and he has from the minute that we've seen him, like he just seems like not everything is totally right there and makes you a little bit jumpy around him, or at least makes me a little jumpy around him. Like, He's so happy and kind of a little too innocent. Um, So that always felt a little bit weird to me about his character. But
0: Well, Anna and Rose have never trusted this guy. I mean, they tried to kill him a couple episodes ago, right?
1: (laughs) Right. But just these three have been in this place, this, this whole world for so long. And even there, like when they start to go into this big, huge place, which again, I find it a little weird that, this wouldn't have been overrun, um, you know, because some people have to know about it. It's a big enough lodge it's, it, it, that, you know, clearly people used to go to it in the past. Um, so that felt kind of strange to me. But even, you know, they go and they get to the lodge and they're running around. They're making a lot of noise um they're doing yeah their their sweeps
0: their sweep feels a little cursory that doesn't like because they don't check every door and that actually comes up later in the episode but i'm like why didn't rose and anna insist on checking every door every room uh and it comes back later that there are actually unlocked doors or maybe that happened later on it's hard to tell because that's part of the mind fuckery of the of the episode but um this place is actually called nakoda lakeside resort nice it's in alberta And you can go there if you want to stay in in a hotel that might give you terrible nightmares and might be haunted by the death of a major character.
1: Yeah, Um, I don't know. I you can also go to the hotel overlook place, I think, which I think is in Colorado. Um, You know, even though I think it was supposed to be
0: upstate. uh, I mean, it's it's Stephen King, so it's got to be Maine or right. I think it was supposed to be New Hampshire.
1: There was a specific place that it's based on. Yeah. Um, but um, in any so case,
0: you're, you're talking about how like people should have found this place before. It doesn't look like post apocalypticly speaking, people have found this place because the beds are made. There's not enough mess. Right. It's very clean. There's
1: also a lot but, of supplies.
0: And yeah, and the, the, the exception to the cleanliness is kind of in Anna and Rose's suite. They take like a they take a suite, I think, at the end of the hallway. And there are there's luggage in there and some deflated balloons, but other than that, like every bed is made. There's no evidence of people here. Right. And that is very puzzling because clearly then people were here staying here when things went bad, like right. in the time before. And while there may, I'm putting this in air quotes, be zombies here because that's a, like kind of a question mark for me with this episode. There may be a room with zombies in it. um, Or if that's happening in, in Anna's head, I'm not really sure. Uh, it's... Otherwise, it feels completely pristine.
1: Right. And again, very strange. like the the fact that there's so many supplies, there's a lot of food and so much food that it almost feels like, you know, like like a, trap. Like a mirage, like a trap, like yeah. something. And I kept, I mean, honestly, I kept waiting for something to happen, for a group to come out or something. Like, it just felt like that was kind of strange. But no, I think... Ultimately, it's just that this place somehow got missed. But
0: so to me, the biggest thing that happens in this episode thematically is like the balance of power between Rose and Anna yep. shifts from one to the other, uh, and this is told in two a couple different ways mm-hmm. but significantly it's when anna chooses not to take a shower Correct. which is a funny thing but she chooses not to take a shower if she chooses to stay up all night just staring at the uh, the crack under the door for footsteps or or like yeah. light being interrupted by people walking past their, their arm door um, i thought that this was actually extremely effective mm-hmm. as a piece of storytelling cuz this actor Uh, what's her name? Marlette Zoe Marlette. Mm -hmm. I think she's doing a great job uh, as Anna, and I think that the storytellers here saying, All right, no, this girl is only in zombie survival mode, she's not gonna let her guard down to take a shower. Um, and like in a way, she surpasses her mother during that overnight in her like paranoia. And then the next day there are the ex- yeah, things that happen the next day only kind of like carry that through. Right.
1: So I would argue that the shift in the balance of power happened in the last episode when she intervened and wouldn't let Rose kill Boone.
0: Yeah, that's part of it, too. And you're I think right.
1: that that plays into what then happens here. So but th- that, yeah, yeah. So okay. I think that in that moment, she basically called out Rose for, you know, being a psycho, being crazy and that's where it shifted she like gently kind of moved into that role and she's definitely taking the lead even though ostensibly rose is obviously still the parent and whatever so you know i think then even in the again the storytelling in this is just and and without a ton of dialogue again it's just really impressive um and really just shows just the art of of the, these they did such an incredible job with this show. Um, But Rose and the whole scene between Rose and Anna in the room, when they're talking, even talking about taking a shower was just incredibly revealing. And Anna basically saying, you know, you might be in the happy grocery store in 28 days later right now, but I'm not, (laughs) you know, like, which is exactly kind of how it plays out. And while, you know, you could argue that Anna is definitely being a bit paranoid, obviously um, she just doesn't feel like it's safe. she basically, it takes the watch so that Rose can sleep. And so I think that from right there, we see a real shift in, in power dynamic, um, but also in the storytelling. Cause we, there'd been a lot of focus on Rose before this. This is very much an Anna episode. Um, yeah. so, you know, we've got her kind of skulking around the, the lodge, um,
0: we weird, like screaming at her reflection. Yeah, uh, that silently. That's that's an odd bit of like that's some you know all, all work and no play kind of stuff oh, right yeah, there. yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's it's a it's a slow moving episode for sure. It's a quiet episode. It kind of makes you listen to the sounds of the hotel, which I assume is a lot of Foley work, like the sounds of the pipes gurgling oh, yeah, and the footsteps in the hallway, um, and the banging of the doors. And there's a lot of like strong sound work going on here too because it is such a quiet episode. Um, and then when Spears shows up, uh, it, it kind of takes a, a big turn and there's a lot more dialogue and uh, a lot more uh, interpersonal sort of, of stuff going on. Uh, there's absolutely no sign of Brathwaite. Um, and as the episode goes on, I think we could all assume that Brathwaite was a, fi- a figment of his imagination. So I think you called that HA when we originally watched that episode. And I, uh, I salute you.
1: Yeah, well, you know i call them as i see them
0: <laughs> yeah uh you know like i'm a little bit disappointed that that was the case i was kind of hoping that he would have this like dude uh who was i liked i liked that episode i thought they had an interesting relationship of course they had a really interesting relationship it was spears talking to himself uh for <laughs> for 45 minutes but uh it was but I, there's absolutely zero reference to this other other than Spears talking about having been in the cult house and having the opportunity to to do himself in and saying, I couldn't do it. Not like that. Not there.
1: Yeah. The I, only
0: thing the only thing he's not saying there is we like because he was there with Brathwaite in in the scenes that we saw. Right. I don't know, they like, didn't,
1: I mean, it's pretty subtle. They didn't totally. Cl- I thought that they would do something to kind of indicate A closure of that and to indicate that that's exactly that it was you know him in this bad way but they kind of didn't go there other than they just kind of moved on but i do i truly do think he was hallucinating and that this is indicative i mean and you see the state he's in here and he knows he definitely knows how close he is to to death and um you know he's sweating he's you know I honestly think that there's a lot of relief that he got, that he, you know, is with Rose and and Anna and basically relief that he found them. And as we find later in the episode, why there is that relief. Um, But, you know, keep in mind that he doesn't have any contact. Like he knows that he got shot and that they left him. um, But other than that, doesn't really have any, you know, has kind of been out wandering in the world until this point and then to find them and be reconnected with them i mean it has to feel to him like some kind of reckoning some kind of a, you know ending um but it's it's again just a really cool bit of storytelling i do wish they had implied a little bit more of that but they kind of don't need to right um
0: yeah, like there's some stuff that him and Rose have to kind of try and figure out. Mm-hmm. She, I think, feels a little bit guilty about having left him in the dish. But she also has that dialogue later where she's mm-hmm. like, it's crystal clear. It's just her. Anybody else can can, you know, take a hike. Uh, so she but I think the way she's looking at him and the way she reacts when Anna finally does what she does suggests that. She still has deep feelings for this man who saved her life and was her protector in the early days of the apocalypse.
1: Well, and I mean, I do think that the cool bit of re- revelation between them—it's like, yeah, she did what she did. She does feel bad about it, but I think he also understands. So, well, you know, and he uses
0: the the phrase he says "bygones," which was a callback to the Brathwaite stuff too, yep. right? Uh, which I, but I also appreciated that he just forgave her, and he he also has a bit of dialogue where he's talking about his mother calling to him to get up out of the ditch, to go find, uh, and to go repent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if this is some part of that too. It, I think there's way more, way more of what you, we were saying that he's really just trying to find somebody who's going to put him out of his misery, though. He doesn't have to do it himself. And that's the, that's the greatest relief. Uh, it's not so much about him making up for past sins anymore. Um, maybe a little. I I mean, I don't
1: know that he can, but I mean, look, remember, he did save Rose, so I think he was already kind of on that redemption path anyway. True. Um, but I do think that the whole point, I think, of his whatever it might be with Brathwaite was about finding forgiveness, which let you know, which leads into the whole dialogue between him and Rose, and then honestly, between him and Anna. Um, but it is a really, again, such a fantastic cast um both scenes the one with him and rosen and the ones with him and anna are just so impressive um yeah and then there is the scene with the the dinner table which is very much a last supper even the way it's set up the way it's filmed um i think there's a bit of a debate about who's christ in this particular scenario but um it is really done so well um just Just cannot say enough good things about it. And then the tension and undertones and the things that are not being said um, are just incredibly powerful. Um, And the
0: things that are being said, like Anna not pulling out, not pulling her punches, and just saying you're dying. And Rose is like, oh, that sounds, you know, that's rude. Don't say that or something. Is like Anna is is calling it how she sees it, uh, and and follows through with that later when Spears basically asks her to kill him, even though she has a hard time with it. It's not like she's a complete psycho,
1: right? And I mean, look, and I think that that this is the thing is that again, this is the power shift. Like, like Anna is like, yeah, we can't live in this um, fantasy world because he's dying, and not, and if he's dying, then he is a danger to us. And also, there is a level of. Um, you kind of, in this, in this world and much like in The Walking Dead, like if you care about people really, then they don't wanna be out there doing this. Like you have to take care of business for them. And that is also what you do for the people that you care about. Um, I don't know if that's totally where Anna's coming from, although I do think she clearly cares about um, spheres. Um, But she also is smart enough to know that her mother is not going to be able to do this even based upon that conversation around the dinner table because her mom doesn't want to admit that he's dying, right? Her
0: her mom has gone into like domestic mode and is baking chocolate cakes. I mean, she's baking chocolate cakes with a Glock on the kitchen counter. So it's not like she's 100% in like Carol wearing a cardigan and an Alexandria sort of thing. But
1: She's definitely in a caretaker mode. Yeah. So, you know. Um, So anyway, I just thought this was just a really good um, bit of storytelling, filmmaking. um.
0: What was also interesting here was the way that like there's so much laser focus and intensity between Rose and Spears and Anna. And then Boone is in the room drunk, just kind of fluttering around and laughing and saying silly things and listening to Spears and hitting on Spears. Very strange choices he's making, but... Uh, Boone is a harmless character and that's kind of interesting to see in this show too
1: well but Boone also is living in la la land he wants people to help protect him he also wants to pretend like things aren't as bad as they are um he trusts people way too much and we see that is his downfall ultimately it was only a matter of time um so i don't know he's like and yeah, he's the oddly clueless character that that is just sort of fluttering around in a strange way um, when the serious stuff is going on between these three, three characters. It actually is a pretty interesting dynamic.
0: It is an interesting dynamic. And, you know, him and Spears, uh, you know, Spears is saying, I should stay here forever because he knows that he's going to die here. Yeah. Uh, but Boone is like, well, we got like 40 days of propane and at least that much of food. And maybe we should stay here. And Anne is all like, well, we got to get to the airplane, get to the airport and go somewhere else. And Spears is like,
1: where, why and why?
0: And that is an important question to ask. I don't feel like it gets asked enough. I don't feel like, I feel like I would rather, I would like to see Anna and Rose have that conversation about. Right. Where do we, where are we going? And what is it going to be like there that we think it's going to be any different from everywhere else we've been.
1: Right. I mean, we see, uh, I don't know. It just maybe just having a goal keeps them going too, because otherwise then are you giving up? Um, because Spears clearly is because he has to, so there's that question too. Um, but that that definitely leads us in into the next episode. Um, but before one, we get with there, the one Spears, really big finale.
0: There's a big finale, but Spears and, and the, leading into the big finale, Spears's last words, almost last words to Anna, are "Don't ever leave your mama. Yep. Never. You take care of her." And that definitely comes back full circle to the one of the final scenes of the of this season, and I'm glad that they kind of put that in there. And I, I like that that might be rattling around in Anna's head uh, as, as she goes into the airport. But when they arrive at the airport in the beginning of the next episode, the, the plane. Actually, the, there's first there's a cold open with Nazri giving his weird speech when he's all beat up looking and you don't know who he's talking to, but you hear that things are happening and he's like, we should just open those doors. Gives you a frame of mind of his. Well,
1: and he's he's looking pretty rough.
0: He's looking very bad. I almost
1: didn't recognize him at first.
0: It's his red coat. You always recognize the coat.
1: Right. But but before we get to that, I mean.
0: But Rose and Ed are like not in a good place. Also, at the end of the last episode, Boone had run away from them. Well, because he's decided that Anna is a psycho. And maybe that maybe that's fair. He was passed out drunk and didn't hear any of the conversation between Anna and Spears before she shot him. He didn't.
1: I mean, we also have to remember that Rose almost shot him. Then yeah. the information that he's working from is that it's probably not a good idea to be around these two ladies. Um. Yeah. So, you know, it is a hard scene between Anna and Spears. And I will say that she she did what she had to do. Um, I don't think that she was, I think it really made her feel horrible, but I think she knew that she had to do it. Um, and I think he was grateful for it. And the other thing is, is that Rose did not hear the conversation between the two of them. So she has been in denial. And so to her, she, she thinks like Anna's totally sort of, I don't know. I think she's feeling guilty because she betrayed Spears in the first place. Um, and then yeah. now this That's happened what, yeah. and, and she feels like like, somehow this could have been prevented. But obviously he was definitely, I mean, I think they kept it. They, they waited a little too long if you ask me, but- um, you know, Anna basically took care of business and she is now the primary power person in this whole dynamic. So.
0: Yeah. Cause when Rose runs into, the, into that room, just after the gunshot, Anna looks at her and just says, we're leaving like yeah. total control. And yeah. then in the next scene, they've left. So Rose is clearly listening to Anna doing what she's told, but it's not a hundred percent there because at the beginning of the next episode, as they're arriving at the airport, um, Anna is still trying to persuade Rose that she did what she did because he was dying. Right. Uh, Rose isn't hearing it. Anna says, I did. I just don't want to stay in one place so I can rot like dad, uh, which is, you know, fighting words and also a callback to episode one, season right. one. Uh, Rose says, you watch your mouth. And Anna says to her, why don't you make me?
1: Yeah, it's like- something crazy like that.
0: These are fighting words. And then Zombie Boone shows up and they're off. And like, that's the end of conversation time, really.
1: Yeah. And then they do the same timey-wimey thing that they've done in other episodes with this episode. So there's, there's a lot a back of back and forth. There's yeah. a lot of back and forth getting from one place to another. Um, you know, I think that they, it got, I'll admit to you, it did get a little tiring here and there with this. And I still don't totally, like, I... I think that it they lost their way a little bit with some of the storytelling in this episode, but I do think it ended up in the right weird place. Um, yeah, but- I have
0: a number of questions by the end of this episode, but i i didn't I didn't have any problem with the back and forth time stuff that they did within this episode.
1: Oh, I didn't have Was a it- problem with the time stuff. I just okay. thought that some of the some of the way they went or where they finally ended up, and maybe it's that these characters finally made it to the airstrip and it's then kind of like, well, then what? Right. Um, Right. So
0: there's There's a cool overhead uh, drone shot after uh, Rose and Anna first evade zombie Boone. Mm -hmm. And you can see uh, in that scene where he runs away from them and he's been shot in the back. Right. So you're like, did they do that? We don't know yet. That's kind of interesting. Uh, But there's a cool drone shot right after that, where you get to see that there's three distinct groups of people all kind of walking yep. around the airport. I thought that was really cool. It
1: was very video game gritty, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're not sure, like, are these the people who are working at the airstrip? But it turns out, no, they're all just people that we already know.
1: Yep. We get to
0: see um, two of the women from Mance's crew. Turns out their names are Natalie and Jace. I didn't know their names I not until, either, this scene. until this
1: scene. Um, and
0: uh they run into Zombie Boone. Mance has been following them, it turns out, and like saves them and goes to shake their hands. And it's like Mance goes through this insane character arc in this episode, or yeah. maybe it's been since a couple episodes ago. We when we first meet him, he's kind of like a merciless gang leader. He's threatening people mm-hmm. like a alpha dog. And uh, and then he goes through all those shootouts and raids and carrying crates up the side of a mountain, and now he's like this guy who's extending his hand in friendship to people. It's a, it's an interesting turn. I don't know that the show has earned that for him.
1: Maybe I felt like that we must've missed something. Like I felt like I agree with you. I think it got there a little too quickly. However, maybe it's just that they finally are there. Things are so stripped down, uh, kind of really hopeless. And that's where he is right now. He's like, it's not even worth it to, do anything other than this and we're here and we're going to try to survive though. You know, he
0: doesn't say any of that, of course, because the show doesn't do dialogue, doesn't do but, dialogue you can,
1: but that's kind of how you it can read me. all of
0: that into it. Sure. Like he, he, he was the sort of leader of about 40 people. And now there's just these two women who are all that are left. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, and then we've got the, the other team, um, which, you know, they've always kind of had their strange, Dynamic. Um,
0: Talking about Nasri's son and Sophie. Yep. Yeah. And we don't really know. Well, I mean, we can guess that they're there, but we don't see them until after they've shot at Mm -hmm. Natalie and uh, mortally wounded her. Jace does not do fight or flight the right way, despite Mance encouraging her to leave. And this is seconds after his conciliatory. I know. Handshake. Um, And so then he's got two zombies and Boone. So now there's three zombies uh, and then we do the scene with Nazri's son, Sophie, Anna, and Rose. Anna and Rose immediately fall into their old pattern of, I'll take Jack, I'll take Queen, and let's hide your ammo. We're going to play a scam. And it's going to be like, they have great chemistry. Uh, the, so the last dialogue we had with them was Anna saying, why don't you make me? You yeah. know, like, it's, so they're they're working on these grooves, these grooves of their relationship. And uh, I do kind of enjoy the fact that they can, do that so quickly in this show but also we see that rose is like not a good person in the apocalypse nope. i mean but there's all, this this leads me to one of my big questions for the season is is there a, a history with nazri that we don't know about in in this group it never gets answered it
1: never gets answered it feels like there is but it never gets answered so again it, i feel like there is was- unclear
0: if they recognize each other when they when they all come out from behind the car it's not like Sun is saying, hey, guys, it's me, Sun. You remember me?
1: Oh, no. Sun's got a great poker face.
0: That's really strange. Um, but they basically wheedle their way into Nasri's group, sort of. They're kind of still negotiating it based on this exchange of food
1: mm-hmm.
0: when the three zombies show up and uh, they're unable to kill any of them with their yeah. <laughs> assault rifles. Also, by Nasri the way,
1: uh, that is one of the things that I'm, you know, it kind of felt like it this is part of what I was talking about. Like, it seems unlikely that this particular group would be unable to kill them. But cool.
0: It, it the show goes back and forth like some people, as we see later in this episode, are able to just take care of business. And when Spears was out in the woods, he killed two or three, at least in the dark. Yeah. Unless that was all in his head. Well, true,
1: true, true. Um, Uh, Then they end up
0: in the hangar And and Rose tries to pull a fast one And gets caught out And then it's Bearded Guy and his two friends And uh, The two other operators And I guess we've already had the flashback Where we find that Boone was actually killed by them Mm -hmm. And this is is a huge mm, It's not a huge issue for the episode But it's like It's the reason why they're in all the trouble that they're in Is because the Bearded Guy From several episodes ago makes that decision and thinks it's a good idea to have a zombie running around where they are.
1: Right, which is and exactly yet, what caused all the- the Everything falls the, apart because of that decision.
0: Yeah,
1: Is because yeah. of that decision.
0: Because it turns out that they're all terrible at killing zombies, like, and they should know this, right?
1: Well, agreed. And also it just never is a good idea to leave one of them running around for so many reasons. One is that, you know, they're dangerous and they can be hard to kill and they're in a spot where it's difficult to really get away from them. Uh, Secondly, they're really loud. So when others are created, they get called over by all this weird, like crazy noise. So, you know, you basically have just, it's just so dumb. Um, And had they not done this and had they basically sort of, I don't know, even know, like they could have just waited for the plane to come or tried to figure out what they were doing from there. Also, Boone is the only one, like, Boone was like a person that worked at this airport, had knowledge of it, so to kill him is kind of a dumb thing anyway, but yeah, cool. Um, so
0: bearded character does not get a lot of development. He has some dialogue. He clearly was the leader of that group of three in the crate episode. He he has more dialogue in this episode. He and they kind of go back and forth between showing him as benevolent. And just like a a guy bent on revenge and without a lot of thinking about what he's doing, killing Boone, obviously bad move. He's like trying to fix his buddy's fingers. He's telling Rose and Anna and son and Sophie, we can't take all of you on the plane. We're just going to take the two best. Like these are good things in theory, right? Yeah. He's not just killing everybody. He's, he's, he's making balanced ish decisions. Most of some of the time, but then he's also completely focused on beating up Nazri for making him feel like a dog, even though he was the guy who straight up murdered Nazri's best friend at the crate. Maybe not best friend. Maybe I'm overselling that, but still like one of his allies,
1: one of his allies. To me,
0: there is a there is a writing problem here with this bearded guy and his motivations and the way that he is conducting himself in the hangar because beating up Nazri serves zero purpose.
1: So this is again, this is like the storytelling piece that I was most bothered by because it was hard for me to sort of understand. Like, I feel like they have bigger fish to fry, right? Um, Nazri is the least of their problems. And while he may be something that they have to deal with at some point, there is enough going on that if they had basically decided, okay, this is like we're all here we have these things running around let's just take care of this right and like if we band together and do this then we have more of a chance of survival and every single one of these people has been a survivor they made it to this point point. and so despite you know and i think it, honestly like i think the the point of this particular storyline was to like basically um have a contrast to what's where spears got um, and that whole conversation between between him and Brathwaite about uh, bygones and to show that, you know, there were people not quite there and that are co- kind of continuing this destructive um, lifestyle. Honestly, I think it's a commentary on human nature um, and, you know, the good actors and the bad actors and, and that kind of thing um, and what people are ultimately willing to do. Um, and then things that don't make sense and ultimately cause their own destruction. Um, so a lot of self-destructive behavior going on. Um, and, you know, the, the whole, I, it, it's painful just even to watch the scene where they're beating up Nazri um, and to see the other people witnessing it and Nazri's feelings about the fact that they let it happen. Um, but what are they supposed Ugh. to do, right? Like, like, I don't know how they help him. Um, no, and
0: I, I don't think that he's mad that they didn't help him. There, so this okay so then after they send out a guy to be on watch outside the hangar makes also no sense and he turns gets turned and then he comes inside and it turns everybody else but the ladies and Nazri get out of the hangar so that's Sophie son Anna and Rose and Rose now has a flare pistol that Anna had found inside the hangar but Nazri has recovered a, an assault rifle yep um, and he this is when they go back to that cold open and he's talking about his speech And the speech includes uh, words like uh, we could have made it on that plane if everyone just did what they were told. I told you this would happen or things that he says. There is no dialogue before they get ambushed by the zombies and end up in the hangar that reflects what he's talking about in his speech. They had no instruction giving between Nazri and Rose. And that's who he's pointing the gun at is Nazri, Rose and Anna. Sorry, Nazri is pointing the gun at Rose and Anna. And he's talking about a conversation that they'd had that they never had. And I'm just like, okay, is this just because he got beaten up and he doesn't remember how things went? He has every right to be mad at her because he saw that she pulled a gun on him.
1: Right.
0: Right before they all got rolled up by the other group. But it's like the speech does not reflect. Agree. How things go.
1: So. And so
0: I'm I'm wondering if there is like history there where he maybe made that speech before we before the season started?
1: Maybe, and maybe we have to look. Maybe there is some reference that we're going to here. I don't know, but I agree with you. It didn't seem to totally. And again, I feel like we might be missing something like that we should have been picking up on.
0: I don't know that we're missing it so much as I think that this was a hole mm-hmm. in maybe. the script uh, or in the storytelling. I and mean, there aren't a lot, but this show tries to do so much with so little that I think it's kind of inevitable. But this was to me an issue for this episode um yeah so you know that is what it is everybody else inside the hangar has been turned into including two of Nazri's former friends who were also like eagerly beating him up yep uh and we saw he didn't always treat his people well like he shot that one guy uh, in the house fight when he didn't seem to be having any bites on him yeah so true. maybe the like, I think, like you were saying, the human nature, like the ebb and flow of these alliances, uh, like what Sophie was in Mance's crew and then joins Nazris, or was she always in Nazris but was a mole? Yeah, Again, hard to tell. Don't know.
1: But, but it I does will seem say, like there's a lot up, of,
0: yeah, shifting alliances.
1: Taking all of that aside, sort of the running chase things that happen in this, the one with, um, is it Mance who does that crazy...
0: Mance kills eight zombies. Yeah, nine. like it's
1: this crazy running, uh, and I was, it was, I was going to bring this up with the the Kelsey Flowers cardio. Mance gets the award for cardio. I like this whole. Yeah, Mance crazy, is the new Lance. Like it, it also Mance Lance. Hmm. Anyway, yep. like I felt like that was deliberate, but um, that was some pretty incredible. Uh, choreography and filmmaking there. Uh, Really, really impressive. Um, And just when you think it's over, it just continues. So that was really kind of a cool part of this episode. And then once we get through all this stuff, um, which again, I felt like some of this could have been better presented. And I still feel like maybe certain things were cut, which was why there were holes, but maybe not. Um, But in any case, we get to the really big piece of this episode, which is that, you know, rose has had gotten her hands onto a flare gun and she causes this explosion and i think you know part of me was like did she not understand or maybe she fully understood what might happen here um but basically she and Nazari are so injured by this that you know uh, and and maybe it's meant to be a distraction or whatever but um The explosion itself and her injuries from this are rough. Um, The effects are impressive. Like she's got a compound fracture, Um, her ear, like she can't hear anything. Um, And then Anna and son have managed to get away. Um, And she's basically like telling Anna, like, look, I'm done for leave. And she says that to them and basically threatens to shoot herself so that Anna doesn't have to basically. But I don't know that she even has anything left in that gun um and basically that's like the thing it's like so her whole thing is that anna survives the power is shifted and you know i i really i was like there's no way anna gets on this plane and that that's exactly what happens uh but was there some there's some justification that son who we've been following throughout this whole thing does get on the plane. I was just scared it was going to take a really bad turn while she was in it. (laughs) But
0: yeah, the the end with sun and the plane is another thing. But I like there's there's also just I feel like a strong, silent judging from the show about Rose and Nazri and their uh, enmity for one another and the standoff that they end up having at the end of the episode after they both regain consciousness. And they're so banged up, lying on the floor, pointing guns at each other. And uh, finally, Anna returns to them and is like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh God, what am I going to do? And you, you're not sure if she's going to leave them, but she, she gets a car, comes back. This is like kind of a big cliffhanger for the end of the season in a way like she's sitting there idling in the car. The two of the Anna, uh, sorry, Rose and Nasri, are they kind of put their guns down and they they look exhausted, which they should be. But where is it going to go from here? I thought that was kind of an interesting cliffhanger to leave the show there. Clearly, you've got the one with Mance who has just done the incredible because all of those improvised weapons. Oh my gosh, what an amazing know, right? sequence! And when you're talking about your resets and how long it takes to shoot something, like that is not just a running sequence. That is all of those weapons that he makes or and he, he turns around and slamming people, like the people. Jackie Chan. Of this. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely. Yeah, it's a good comparison. Like, yeah, except Jackie Chan with fatalities. Right. Uh, and he manages to to kill all of them, including Boone finally when he recovers a handgun. But he's just, he's looking completely wasted and ragged. Uh, but, you know, so by the end of this episode, you've got Sun's on the plane. She's flying away. We could talk about that in a second. But we got Anna, Nasri, Rose, and Mance, even though he's not with them. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that if there's a season three, that he will we get those up. four. Agreed. Uh, And that they can put aside their differences maybe and work together on some sort of plan B, you know?
1: Yeah. um, No,
0: you don't have high hopes.
1: Well, I'm worried that they're going to do the same thing with Mance that they did with Lance, because I don't think that that's an accident, (laughs)
0: but, (laughs) um,
1: but you know, there's that. And I do think that, that Anna is basically like, I mean, look, Rose and Naziri are so injured. I don't think they're coming back from that, clearly. Maybe. Maybe.
0: Yeah, a compound fracture is, they'll need, they'll need a deus ex machina in the form of like a surgeon, a to, surgeon to fix that A surgeon,
1: antibiotics, something. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think those two are, com- I think they're done. And I think that was what Anna was unfortunately having to do, despite what Spears told her and despite her efforts. She just, I think, has to go. Um, and I think Rose is okay with that, which is the whole reason she wanted her on the plane in the first place. But, um, you know, they they kind of left it there. Um, but then Sun, you know, the one kind of bright spot of this whole thing, and I really thought it was going to turn ugly for her. Like, I thought somehow the pilot was going to turn to turn around and be this, like, somebody that was so injured or something, like, bad happening. But instead... It is, it's like actually a nice, the one little bright light here, and he actually speaks Korean. Um, and she hasn't been understood this entire, like, see, like this entire, like, first two seasons. Like, it's been poor Sun running around trying to make herself understood. Um, and just what a relief it is that somebody can talk to her, which is just like, that was kind of a cool little addition. Yeah. So. You know, I no, like that, that. that.
0: You feel so good for her in that scene. And she's been also this like moral compass mm-hmm. in some scenes that we've seen. And she's been a prisoner and she's had a really rough season. So it does make a huge but difference. She's the to only, that happy. But
1: she is the only one that ultimately has been untouched. So I guess like she is the one that's that's basically still trying to get in the way of people hurting each other. She's the one that still tried to stay with Spears, even though he was injured and Rose and Anna like abandoned him like all along. She has been that compass um, and has not swayed. Like she has not wavered from that. Um,
0: How is she different from Boone?
1: mm, I think in some ways she's different from Boone because um, she is not because I think Boone is a little off his rocker. Um,
0: (laughs) I mean, they all should be right.
1: Right. Um, But in any case i just liked the the whole thing where she's flying off with him is great except we all know that you know there's there is no panacea there's no real escape from this um because even that sort of is indicated like he's bringing her in but what's the what's the end game here we know it's ultimately we know it's z nation although again i don't like to draw (laughs) any sort of connection with those two things but um, at least for the moment she is safe and she's able to talk to somebody and and it's just an incredible i loved that part of this whole yeah.
0: story that that is nice it does leave me with lots more lingering questions such as why did the plane land at the airstrip they didn't have time to refuel nobody got out of the plane they left their engines running there's no way he could have seen what was going on on the ground as he came into land he didn't circle right so i'm like that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, He puts down the ladder so that the, you know, whoever was getting on could get on. And then he takes off immediately. He doesn't check to see if they're bitten. Right. He like, these are really kind of weird decisions for the airplane to make. Um, Uh, Secondly, why has the airplane been dropping boxes of guns on the floor in Alberta? Well, the other thing
1: I was going to say, it's one guy in there. I thought there would be at least two because don't you need somebody to help to do
0: airdrops? Yeah. You need to have people to push those cases, those crates out though. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But so that felt weird to me. Um and it didn't it so that left some questions. Um but you know, so, I, I, like I
0: said, not a perfect season, um it, but the 100% on rotten tomatoes is a, is a good sign that the critics like it. Uh audience was like 65 because, you know, people going to be people. But um I think it was an interesting ending to the season. I I really hope that they come back, but you know, it's also exhausting to watch. I don't know if it must be so much more exhausting to make.
1: Yep. Um, And again, not perfect. But overall, really, really enjoyed the season. I thought it was much honestly, I did love I love the first season, but I think this was stronger. Um, I think that they really outdid themselves with storytelling, filmmaking, all of it. Um, I would absolutely watch a season three. Um, So, you know, let's see. Let's see what happens, though. They may have run out of storytelling in this. Who knows? Uh, Did I didn't see that it got renewed? It
0: hasn't been yet. I so, think. You know, but it was, it was, uh, several weeks to months after the uh, first season that they, right. they decided they were doing another one. So we'll see.
1: We'll see. But I also, you know, look, the other thing is, is that I think if it ended here, that would be okay too. So, you know, I, I think they did a phenomenal job on all of this and I, and I highly yeah. recommend, uh, this season, especially to anybody who is into this, um, really well done. Um, And maybe, maybe if we do get a season three, I'll be Ron and Mance will survive, which would be super. (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool.
0: (laughs) But I think that brings us to the end of Black Summer season two. Uh, And we, yeah, I think we've said it all. We've left it all out on the table and that's great. Um, Next time, H.A. Conrad, what would you like to talk about? Do you want to do Ashton of the North? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. And so that's what we will bring back uh, next time we get together here on Reanimated for episode 299, approaching a big uh, milestone. And uh, if you want to let us know what you thought of the final two episodes or the whole season, uh, Black Summer Season 2, get at us on Twitter, reanimated PCast. Our email is reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, our show notes are going to be on reanimatedpodcast.com. So let us know what you think.
1: Yep. And until next time, ciao. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.